Well, hey there, my name's Chris Rivers. I wanna thank you for joining us today. And if this is your first time with us, welcome to the Culture Bus Tools podcast. In each episode, we explore leadership strategies that increase your capacity and effectiveness with people. Currently, we're in week five of the Archibus series, and we're discovering the importance of personal ministry and how to live that out. If you're new to the series, consider going back and starting episode 27, titled The Archibus Assignment with Robbie Richard. That'll catch you up to speed with where we are today. All right, well, I have a special guest, Cody Baxter. Cody, welcome to the Culture Bus Tools podcast. Thank you, Chris. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, I think, today. Tell us a little bit about yourself. You're at North Rock Hill. You're on staff there. Yes. So I am the next generation pastor here at North Rock Hill, where I get to oversee birth through college, uh, which has been a lot of fun. Yeah, my wife and I moved to the area about two years ago, and we are expecting a baby any minute now, an exciting season of life. That's exciting. Well, hopefully we'll be able to finish this episode and nothing happens. (laughs) Yes. That's great. You know, we started this series and then you guys at North Rock Hill, you had a big leadership summit and you introduced some ideas. You basically pitched Project 417 and you had an, an opportunity to contribute towards that. You did one of the principles, principle uh, number five, which was walk in Christ rooted in faith. And I wanted to take a little bit of time to talk a little bit about why you put some of that together. What were some of your thoughts? This is really focusing on Colossians 2, 1 through 15. So, man, I'd love to hear a little bit about what you were thinking when you wrote some of this. We'll, of course, provide it in the show notes. Tell us a little bit about the summit itself and then talk to us a little bit about what you put together. Yeah, so the summit was a meeting where we just invited all of the, the leaders of the church to come to get come together and get on the same page. I think that um, one of the big things that we wanted to do was define the game and the game was making disciples. And that's what we really wanted to be about. And that's what we wanted our people to hear as we begin to align every ministry around the context of making disciples and really like taking both feet and jumping all in to that. And so that was the big idea behind our leadership summit as we really dove into that. And then even as we put pen to paper in creating the project uh, 417, I think our desire was for leaders, really all believers would understand that they have a personal responsibility in the Great Commission, that they have a personal role in making disciples. And so that project 417 was really about the leaders of our church, not just getting this flash in a pan summit, but also after that, a way that they could practically live it out and could see it begin to shape their personal lives, even just a week after our leadership summit. So that was really was our big goal. And we think and we're praying through this being the launching pad for us creating that culture of discipleship that we desperately want to see here at North Rock Hill. And you're currently in a series called Creating a Culture of Discipleship. So this has been really neat. You've gotten your leaders on the same page and now you're in a series helping your entire congregation think through this. Talk to us a little bit about Colossians 2, 1 through 15. You were assigned these scriptures to wrestle with, and you wrote some things 
that helped me get some clarity around personal ministry and accomplishing discipleship. Tell us a little bit about what you had in store and what you put together. As I was putting this together and reading through this passage, I think that it's hard to skip over verse 6 and 7, as it says, therefore, as you received Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. And I think that was the real start of where we were going with trying to get others, again, to accept that personal responsibility within making disciples and even within their faith. And so as we read this, we see that Paul's talking to talking to them about some false teachers and changing the content and the person of the gospel. And he's saying, no, but remember this. Uh, remember that you have received Christ Jesus as Lord and so walk in him. And I think even in the project, I used a funny story about wanting to buy some zebra shoes that I begged my mom for over and over again when I was around the age of six. And she finally bought them for me. And um, I don't know about your house, but in my house, my mom ever spent money. It was it was not for me to put those shoes in my closet and collect dust. It was, I better wear those shoes. Um, and I think yeah. that that the idea here is that we weren't saved just to sit around and observe the Christian life from a distance or even discipleship from a distance, but that God calls us to get in the game, that he wants us to walk in that. And I think that that is what, what Paul is calling us here to do. Yeah, which is super convicting and challenging because in our culture, in the South at least, Christianity is often people going down and making a decision to follow Christ, and then maybe they get baptized, but then it kind of stalls out a bit, and th- there's no fruit. And, and one of the things that I've noticed in our work at Culture Bus and some of the stuff that we've done with churches is that often cultures won't align. So for instance, a church might say that they are prayerfully dependent, but they they don't really pray. They're not really praying. They're not dependent on God. There's no there's no evidence of that value being displayed. So there's more of an aspiration than there is an actual demonstration of what they value. And that's really what I have noticed over the years. And it's challenging. I mean, even in my own personal life, when I think about alignment, when I think about this idea of walking in Christ, of positioning myself in agreement with Christ, that means that I'm going to, everything I'm going to do is going to be around aligning myself to God instead of aligning myself to myself. And so that's super challenging. When you, when you put some of this stuff together, this, and you think about that, that verse, what does walking in him look like for you? Such a good question. You know, I think that walking in him looks like me spending time with him. I think that, you know, daily devotion, I think that, you know, spending time in his word, spending time in prayer, spending time in just just allowing him to really speak and move in and around my life. And I think that for me, that that's a that's a lot of what walking in him looks like, just as I sit and listen and as I I go and I think that one of the things that continues to stand out to me is that it's not it's not a part of who I am like walking him isn't just something that we do occasionally but it's it's more of a lifestyle of faith it's more of like a a lifestyle of making disciples of living to glorify Christ and so that's that's what it means for me as I as I work to walk through daily or walk with uh, him daily 
Yeah. Can you think of a time in your life in ministry or in just personal relationship with others where you've been able to demonstrate that, where you've seen, man, if I wasn't, if I wasn't rooted in him, I don't know if I would have been able to walk in him. Oh, absolutely. So many instances where someone that I love deeply, especially in my family, decides to do something that I know is not beneficial for them. And I know it's not beneficial for anyone in their household. And, you know, outside of being established in my faith and and walking with Christ, I would have responded drastically differently than I did and wouldn't have even had a reason for it, but I would have just flown off the handle. And so I think that there's definitely some specific instances, just even within my family, as certain family members that are in my immediate family have chosen lifestyles that aren't beneficial for them. And I know that, and I believe that they know that as well. And it has definitely just continued to speak true to me as I handle those situations, as I walk with them in those situations, because before it would have been, Hey, that's wrong. Let's move on. You know, it's wrong. I know it's wrong. Let's, let's go talk about something else. But now being rooted and established in my faith, I have, I have evidence of why I believe uh, what I believe, and I'm able to articulate that and walk with them to a place of at, at minimum understanding. And I think that that has been huge and so helpful and uh, really monumental um, in my life. Man, there's so many good things that we can talk about when it comes to alignment. And you know, I'm, I'm just getting to know you. So I'm, I'm just learning a little bit more about your story. How did you like, when did the light bulb of discipleship come on in your head? Like, when did you really realize, man, I got to get in the game. I got to walk in him. I got to be rooted and built up. And and the reason and the motive behind that is because God's called me to go and follow him and make disciples. You know, I'm super lucky, Chris. It, it happened for me early on. Um, as a a young man, I was 21 when I responded to the gospel. And it was because of the faithfulness of two friends of mine that just continued uh, to share the gospel with me and continue to be there for me, even, even when my lifestyle was very, very far from, from theirs and even very far from glorifying Christ at all. And so early on, I recognized that my friends were willing to get uncomfortable for the sake of seeing me move towards God. And mm-hmm. so early on seeing that, was so beneficial for me as I took that and was like, well, if that's, it was modeled for me very well. And so seeing that, I was like, you know, this is what it's about. And so I, from, you know, the beginning, I've always been about, or at least strive to be or try to be about being uncomfortable uh, for the sake of making God's name known. And so, I mean, from the beginning, I was discipled so well and so thankful for the men that poured in to my life and, and even front. And I see there the fruit of that even still today, like this is uh, still today, those men are discipling other men and those men continue to pour into my life. And I, even as I pour into others and see people that I'm pouring into begin to pour into others. And so we see this, this legacy effect that has happened from, you know, the day that I responded to the gospel until even now and praying that it happens in the future. Yeah. James Farnham in episode 30, he talked about thankfulness 
And he talked about how thankfulness increases his faithfulness. And so just hearing you reminded me of some of the things that he said. Uh, in that episode, we, we talked about being a there you are person versus a here am I person. And during in the stretch assignment that we created, we, we asked people to think about the spaces that they interact with. So there's the family space. Those are the people that are in your family. Uh, there's a farm space. Those are the people that you work with. There's a faith space. Those are the people that you might worship with. Maybe you're in biblical community with them. And then there's a fun space. So those are the people you might have hobbies with. Maybe you work out with. Maybe you do you know random things with. And so we, we took the time to think about who is someone in one of those spaces that you could be a there you are person versus a here am I person. So someone that is what you just said, being an example, showing you what a lifestyle of faith looks like. So it was really helpful for me in just kind of wrestling through like, what does it mean to demonstrate the strategy of ministry? So as you think about that, as you think about the state spaces that you're in, you're in the family, you've got family, farm, faith, fun. What, what you're telling me, like when I think about this, this particular passage of scripture, this is really telling the story that we want to live. So as you reflect on the story that you have told uh, prior to coming to faith and having this understanding the, the responsibility that you have. And so that's pre like understanding. So now you're, you're living this responsibility. You feel on the hook for people. Uh, what are some of the things that you've learned about yourself uh, that you've learned about Jesus and the story that he's asking you to live? Yeah, I think one of the things that I have learned is that at times I can definitely be upfront. Um, I can be a very forward person. I've also learned that I probably enjoy hard conversations more than most and probably more than I should. Um, but those are just some of the things that I have learned just about myself is I have grown as a leader and grown as a disciple and begin to, to live out, just like you said, to begin to live out that personal responsibility of making disciples and of, of leading well. And I think that one of the big things that I have been constantly reminded of when it comes to Jesus is just his faithfulness. You know, I think that a lot of times we like to view God is our, our genie where we rub the lamp and something happens and we get to make wishes and they happen immediately. But I have been continually reminded of the faithfulness of God and, and continually reminded that it is such a journey and that we're called to have endurance as we run uh, this race. And, you know, even just an example of that, I've been praying for my family um, since I knew what prayer was. and just. A couple months ago, I get a text from my brother who walked into work one day, unexpecting at all, hadn't been asking questions or anything, and someone shares the gospel with him, and he responds and later is baptized and now is discipled by people that discipled me and now um, is discipling even others just in a short amount of time. And I had been praying for my family for, you know, seven, eight years um, since I even knew what it was. And so I've just been constantly reminded of the faithfulness of God as we lead others, as we get this opportunity to disciple others and get involved in others' lives. It has been it has been a sweet time for me. Yeah, I really like these these spaces because they give me 
a context to know how do I interact? How do I live a lifestyle of faith? What are some of the lessons that you're learning? If you were to, if you were to look at each one of these spaces, so you've got the family, people in your family, you've got your, the farm, people you work with, you've got the faith, people you worship with and fun people that you might have hobbies with or whatever. How are you keeping aligned in those spaces? Are there any are there any stories as of recent, maybe even this week, that have stood out to you that are helping you tell like this gospel story of your life? A couple weeks ago, you know, especially in the fun category. So I'm like a a hobbyist, meaning I have way too many hobbies. Areas so like, where some of your hobbies, anything sports related, basketball. I love going fishing. Um, okay. I do a little bit of hunting. There's baseball, all kinds of all kinds of sports. Smoking recently, I got a smoker uh, to smoke uh, meat, which has been super fun. Um, but all these different hobbies that I have, uh, there's all there's like totally different people. So like one of my hobbies is skateboarding, and so the the crowd that skateboards is wildly different from the crowd that fishes, right? And That's so right. <laughs> talking talking to those people is just drastically different. And one of the ways that is super fun. Uh, for me, just to interact with these people, even as I was in Cabela's just the other day and talking about just random fishing holes. And I think one of the things that I have continually been brought back to was that those people that we find in those fun spaces, they're not like the ones that we find in, in our faith space, right? Like those people are typically attending church, attending a D group, willingly knowing that they're going to hear about Christ, knowing that they're probably going to be prayed for, hear the gospel, hear um, the word of God. But when we talk about the people in our fun space, those people are just, they're almost innocent bystanders. They're just trying to enjoy what it is that they're enjoying. But us as believers have, like we've been talking about this whole time, have a personal responsibility. And, and if it really is a lifestyle, it's going to come out in everything that we do. And so one of the things that I have constantly done is just begin just start conversations i think that that has been huge for me it's just to step out and out of that comfort zone and start conversations and just the other day i was at cabela's just looking at some fishing stuff and started a conversation with a young man who's was telling me all about these different fishing areas that he has and i didn't make the turn to where hey i can make you fishers of men it wasn't it wasn't the jesus juke that we went with we uh, we just continue to talk about his life and just where he grew up and fishing and stuff. And I think that one of the biggest things that has really changed the way that I see people is taking a genuine interest in people and really wanting to get to know them, wanting to hear their story and actually listening to their story, not just listening so that I can respond with, oh, well, God says this or oh, the Bible says this, but allowing it to flow naturally just uh, from that and genuinely having conversations and genuinely getting to know um, and hear people has been huge. And I was talking to him just the other day and we started talking on the conversation about faith and, and how he wasn't really where he wanted to be. And we began to talk about that. And, and then at the very end, I told him I was a pastor and he laughed and he said, I probably wouldn't have talked to you if I didn't know you were a pastor, but um, yeah, we talked about this and, and he, he moved, you know, I mean, I think it, when we started that conversation, faith was kind of just a distant thing that he had thought about, but now yeah. he left 
conversation. It was, it was a little more real to him. Man, that's so good. Even going back to this verse. So this verse, Colossians 2, 6, therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, so walk in him. And I think that that, like what you're talking about is just not being in a rush, starting conversations, taking a general interest in people, and then just allowing God to do the work. You know, if I'm, if I'm rooted and built up in him and established in faith, I don't have to be in a rush. Wherever I'm in, whatever spaces I'm in, uh, I don't have to be in a rush. And so I think that there's something to walking. So one of the hobbies that I'm in is I like to run and I'm, I'm doing a trail run in November. Uh, it's the Duncan Ridge Trail. It's a 30K and I'm training with some guys that are doing a 50K. It's in the woods. So I'm a trail mm. runner. That's what I like to do. And so I'm not, I'm learning that I don't have to run so fast. It's not about being the first in, it's just about complete completing it, you know? And I mean, it's one thing to run in the woods. Uh, it's one thing to run. It's another thing to run in the woods. So like, I'm all about like the slow pace. Like I'm all about it. I'm happy with it. I'm okay running 10 minute miles as opposed to when I was younger running seven minute miles. And so I think just having like being calm, you know, just, like even as you said, going to uh, a, a fisherman store or whatever and just having a conversation and as you said, just taking a general interest, maybe asking questions, just listening and not having to prove anything, but just being available to whatever conversation God wants me to have. I mean, I think that's one of the ways that we can stay in alignment with him. Yeah. Anything you would add to that or any other thoughts? Yeah, no, I, I think that's great. I think one of the things that continues to pop in my head is just allowing yourself to be interruptible um, as you go through life and being willing to have those conversations. Um, I think the amount of conversations that we pass up on um, would probably shock us if we were able to, to see all of them. So, yeah. Uh, so good, Cody. Well, here's what I think I would like for us to do. And, and, you know, we'll provide this in the show notes, but I believe that Jesus told the most remarkable story. When you think about starting conversations, taking a general interest in people, being interruptible, Jesus was the model of this. And I think that we can learn a lot from him. And so we're going to provide some scriptures in the stretch assignment. But I think, I think the question that we could ask ourselves from this episode is, what is the story that the Lord wants us to write and tell to others? And I think that there's something to looking at the spaces that we're in and being willing to be in alignment with God in those spaces instead of aligning ourselves to those spaces where it's all about us versus it could be all about God and just being true to what he has called us to and being willing, as you said, being interruptible. I think that's one of the ways that we could tell our story. So We'll provide that in the show notes. I think that could be incredibly helpful to do for the next seven days and uh, help. hopefully that'll help us create forward movement. There, are there any other ideas that you would want to share or any other thoughts on that, Cody? Again, as we are talking about just that lifestyle and embracing the incom- uncomfortable and, and kind of pressing on, I think that it, it's similar to cooking a great meal. Like you never know how good the meal is until you try it. And I think that that is one of the things that I'm continually reminded of when it comes to my faith is I never know um, how powerful it is until I, I test it. And I think that that is uh, that's one of the ways that I continue to 
to walk in him is I have those conversations and, and, and do put, put myself out there and allow myself to be that interruptible and, and interested in others. I love it, man. Well, Cody, thanks so much for spending time with us. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Chris. Yeah. Well, as we wrap up today's episode in part five of the Archivist series, I want to thank you for joining us. The goal of this series has been to help Christ followers recognize the importance of replicating their faith in Jesus and developing a renewed passion for disciple making. Be sure to check out the Archivist stretch assignment designed specifically for this episode. This tool is perfect if you want to do it on your own or maybe even with your tribe. If you're new to the podcast, consider signing up to receive these tools in your inbox with each new episode. You can head on over to culturebus.cp forward slash podcast to sign up where you can get access to each episode stretch assignment and the leader guides. Join us next week as we dive back into the book of Colossians and look at how we can discover the importance of personal ministry and how to live that out. All right. I'll see you next time on the Culture Bus Tools podcast.